story two part one of around the yule log by willis boyd allen this librivox recording is in the public domain story two the shadow of christmas present part one it was at precisely eight o'clock in the evening of the twenty fourth of december that mr broadstreet yawned glanced at the timepiece closed the book he had been reading and stretched himself out comfortably in his smoking-chair before the cannel-fire which snapped and rustled cosily in the broad grate the book was a christmas carol and the reader familiar as he was with its pages had been considerably affected by that portion relating to tiny tim as well as cheered by the joyful notes with which the carol ends for some minutes he sat silently surveying the pattern on his slippers and apparently working it out again on his own brow now mr broadstreet was not a man to act upon impulse a lawyer in large and profitable practice and a shrewd man of business as well he was never known to do say or decide anything without deliberation hold on a bit he would say to an eager client softly softly my friend you're too fast for me now what did you say was done with the property and so on to the end of the story if there was any money in the case mr broadstreet was pretty sure to draw it out for the benefit of his clients and remotely of course himself when i put my hand down he was fond of remarking with significant gesture upon the office desk i never take it up again without something in it in the course of his long practice aided by a series of fortunate speculations he had amassed such a goodly sum that his name stood near the head of the list of our prominent taxpayers he drove a fine span of horses and was free enough with his money in a general way that is when some large philanthropic movement was on foot alonzo m broadstreet esq was pretty sure to be down for a round sum he paid his share in church and politics and annually sent a check to the board of foreign missions he made it a rule however never to encourage pauperism by promiscuous almsgiving and never tried a case or gave legal advice for love poor people who called at his office for assistance always found him unaccountably busy and street beggars had long since learned to skip his door on their morning basket visits to-night mr broadstreet had picked up the carol in a specially complacent mood he had spent liberally in christmas gifts for his wife and children letting himself almost defy his better judgment by purchasing for the former an expensive pen she had seen and fancied in a show window the week before just as he had completed the bargain a rescript had come down from the supreme court affirming judgment in his favor in a case which meant at least a five thousand dollar fee notwithstanding the memory of his recent good luck he continued on this particular evening of all evenings in the year to knit his brows and give unmistakable evidence that some emotion or reflection not altogether pleasant was stirring him powerfully nonsense said mr broadstreet presently half aloud as if he were addressing some one in the centre of the glowing coals nonsense he repeated looking hard at a grotesque carved figure that supported the mantel i'm not like scrooge i give freely and i spend freely 
now that fire don't look much like the one old scrooge warmed his gruel over does it now the marble figure making no answer to this appeal but continuing his stony gaze mr broadstreet shifted his position again uneasily don't i give away hundreds of dollars every year to the societies and haven't i left them around ten thousand in my will won't somebody mourn for me eh? but the carved lips replied never a word and only seeming to curl slightly as the firelight played upon them thereby assuming such an unpleasantly scornful expression that mr broadstreet began to feel more uncomfortable than ever rising hastily from his chair and throwing the book down upon the table he walked on to the window rubbed a little place clear upon the frosty pane and looked out the night was gloomy enough to make the plainest of homes seem cheery by contrast since morning the skies had been dully gray so that every one who went out wore arctics and carried umbrellas and was provoked because no storm came at about the time when the sun might be supposed to be setting somewhere behind that dismal wall of clouds a few tiny shivering flakes had come floating down or up one could hardly tell which and had mingled with the dust that driven by the biting wind had filled the air and piled itself in little ridges along the sidewalk and blinded the eyes of men and beasts throughout the dreary day before long the snow overcame the low-born friend with whom it had at first treacherously allied itself laid it prostrate on the earth and calling in all its forces rioted victoriously over the field the storm now took full possession of the city whitening roofs and pavements muffling every footfall and wheel-rattle filling the streets up to their slaty brims with swirling mists of sleety snow and roaring furiously through the tree-tops and around corners as mr broadstreet gazed through his frosty loophole with mind full of the story he had just finished he almost fancied he could discern the shadowy forms of old marley and his fellow-ghosts moaning and wringing their hands as they swept past in trailing white robes he turned away with a half-shiver and once more ensconced himself in his warm easy-chair taking up the carol as he did so and turning its leaves carelessly until he came to a picture of the ghost of christmas present it was wonderfully well drawn following the text with great care hitting off the idea of the jovial holly-crowned spirit to the very life and then the heap of good things that lay in generous piles about the room mr broadstreet could almost catch a whiff of fragrance from the turkeys and geese and spicy boughs indeed so strong was the illusion that he involuntarily glanced over his shoulder at the marble-topped table near by half expecting to see an appetizing dish of eatables at his side no one had entered however and the table was as usual with only its album and gilt-mounted screen flanked by a few books that were too choice to be hidden away on the library shelves when he looked back at the picture in the book he started and rubbed his eyes he thought but it could not have been possible that the central figure on the page moved slightly and he was positive that one of the ghost's arms in the engraving had been raised while now both were at his side 
mr broadstreet turned back the leaf with some misgiving and looked carefully behind it nothing but blank white paper hmm muttered mr broadstreet to himself how a man's fancy does play strange tricks with halloo he was once more glancing at the picture when the jolly ghost gave him an unmistakable wink to say that the lawyer started was astonished struck dumb would be mild he sat staring at the page not wholly believing his own eyes and yet not liking to look upon such a to say the least peculiar picture while he was in this bewildered state of mind a rich jovial voice was heard apparently at a great distance and at the same time proceeding directly from the book he held in his hand and uh, yes no doubt about it the ghost's bearded lips were moving well said the ghost of christmas present still seeming very very far off well sir stammered mr broadstreet in return you see i'm not dead yet although some of your good people on this side of the water pay precious little attention to me why really said mr broadstreet instinctively arguing the opposite side of the question as to that i'm not so sure take christmas cards now a few years ago they were unknown now they're as common as valentines oh yes replied the ghost i know you see i have my room pretty well decorated with them the lawyer scrutinized the background of the picture more carefully and sure enough the walls were covered with what at first seemed a rich sort of illuminated paper but proved to be composed entirely of christmas cards many of which he had never seen even in the momentary glance he gave he observed that those which had taken prizes and had been most largely advertised during the last few winters were tucked away in obscure corners while several which were exceedingly simple in design and text occupied the most prominent positions yes the ghost went on the cards are well enough in their way and so are the other displays and festivities of the day but it is the spirit of christmas that you need charity charity in its good old sense open hearts and kind deeds with less thought of self-pleasing while these dainty little gifts are being manufactured purchased sent and thrown away hundreds of people are at starvation's door in your own city thousands of people know little or nothing of the real meaning of the day or of its founder as the ghost spoke its voice seemed to come nearer and at the same time the book grew so large and heavy that mr broadstreet was fain to set it down upon the carpet he no longer feared the ghost nor did it seem strange that it should converse with him in this manner wherein are we deficient he asked eagerly or what more can we do the charitable institutions of boston are among the best in the world the sky is full of her church steeples her police and missionary forces are vigilant and effective in their work the ghost of christmas present gave a toss to his long hair and beard how much have you done to carry the spirit of christmas tide beyond your own threshold who in this great city will cherish the day and love it more dearly for your warm human friendship and kindly act until it symbolizes to them whatever is purest and merriest and holiest in life the ghost's voice now grown very near was rather sad than stern 
and its eyes were fixed intently upon mr broadstreet's face mr broadstreet hesitated with cross-examination he was familiar enough but he did not relish the part of witness so confused was he that he hardly noticed that book and picture were now so large that they quite filled the end of the room in which he was sitting and seemed like another apartment opening out of his own i i, I hardly know he stammered really i have spent a good deal of money my christmas bills are always tremendous but i suppose it's mostly in the family mind interrupted the ghost almost sharply i don't say anything against the good cheer and merriment at home but there are many homes within a stone's throw of your chair where there will be no fine dinner no presents no meeting of friends no tree nothing but anxiety and doubt and despair your dressing-gown would provide for several of them mr broadstreet looked meekly at the embroidery upon his sleeves what would you have me do he asked do you desire to perform your part toward making the morrow bright for some one who otherwise would find it all clouds do you wish to plant seeds of love and mercy and tenderness in some heart that has heretofore borne only thistles to bring a smile to some weary face warmth to shivering limbs light and hope to dreary lives oh, i do i do exclaimed the rich man eagerly starting up from his chair and are you ready to sacrifice your ease and comfort this stormy night for such as they mr broadstreet seized his fur cap and ulster from the rack in the hall try me he cried i'm ready for anything the ghost smiled pleasantly upon him at the same time seeming to lift its hand involuntarily as in blessing then he spoke for the last time hitherto you have known only the bright side of christmas it said gently it has been full of joy to you and yours but there are those among your fellow-creatures nay among your very neighbours who dwell in such continued misery that when christmas comes it but reminds them of their unhappy state and by its excess of light upon others deepens the gloom upon themselves this is the shadow of christmas present and it falls heavily upon many a heart and many a household where the day with its good cheer and blessed associations should bring naught but delight the kind spirit's voice wavered slightly i myself can do but little to dispel this shadow it grieves me sorely year by year but it remains and i fear i sometimes but make it worse with my bluff ways and keen winter breezes it is for those who love me most to carry such light and comfort to those upon whom it rests that it shall be banished never to return the shadow grows less year by year but it is still broad broad the ghost was silent a moment it beckoned to the other and then motioned to him to step behind it in my shadow you shall move to-night it concluded in a firmer voice it shall accompany you wherever you go and your work shall be to turn it away with whatever kind deeds your hand shall find to do or cheering words you may have the power to speak it said no more mr broadstreet who when a child had often longed to peep behind a picture found himself actually fulfilling his wish as he drew near the printed page he heard a dull roar like surf beating upon a rocky coast 
he advanced further picking his way around the pile of poultry and vegetables and glistening holly upon which the ghost sat enthroned a moment more and the room vanished in utter blackness of night the roar grew grander and deeper until it throbbed in his ears like the diapason of a mighty organ a fierce blast of snow-laden wind struck his bewildered face the street lamp upon the corner flickered feebly in a mist of flakes he was standing before his own door knee-deep in a snowdrift and buffeted above below and on every side by the storm that was abroad that christmas eve end of part one